93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. This city is my city, and I love it, yeah, I love it. Get ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. Glad that you have tuned in. Uh, we've got a great show planned for you. I um, am going to turn off my cell phone there so it stops ringing. Uh we are very pleased to welcome to the Eagle Studios, uh, Brian Burks. Uh, Brian is the vice president at uh, Columbia-based Emory Sapp & Sons. Brian, good to have you here. Thanks for having me. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about. Of course, uh, highway construction has been a big topic in the news this week uh, after the governor's State of the State address. Uh, but let's start off and, and tell folks a little bit about your background. Where did you come from? Uh, what kind of career path did you follow before you got to Emory Sapp? Sure, absolutely. So I am Columbia-raised. Okay. Uh, can't say born, but I missed it by about two months. My parents moved here uh-huh. as I was an infant. So what schools did you go to? I grew up south of town, so I went to uh, Rockbridge High School. Okay. Uh, Jefferson Middle or Junior High back yeah. then. Yep. Gentry Middle School and Rockbridge Elementary. Did you ever fall off of that basketball court at uh, Jeff Junior? I jumped off it many times and then uh, practices and warm-ups. I say that. Supposedly they're fixing that, but uh, anyway, that's going away, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, So your, what was your degree at, uh, at Mizzou? Sure. I attended University of Missouri for civil engineering. Okay. Uh, spent four years there. I at Towards the end of my years at uh, MU, I interned at Emory Sapp & Sons. Okay. So I don't uh, have a lot of work history before yeah. that other than you know summer jobs and, and working here locally. I see that you interned also at uh, Mally Commercial when you were in, in college. Uh, so that had to have been a great education. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, Otto was a great mentor. Uh, Mel uh-huh. Zelenak was there at the time. Yeah. He was up and comer. Uh, grew up with Mel. So. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. All right. I see Mel from now uh, time to time. So, uh, well, that's, that's interesting. I, I want to just talk a little bit about... Uh, uh, the last time uh, we had Emory Sap, uh, someone from Emory Sap on, on the air, uh, we you guys had just gone through this uh, employee stock ownership plan, uh, converting your company to employee uh, ownership. Tell us, now that a couple years have passed, yep. what's been the impact of that? That impact has been huge. Just a little history on the ESOP, the employee stock ownership plan. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy founded uh, Emory Sap in 1972. Uh, he was sole owner. Took on some partners through acquisition. In 1999, he was planning his succession plan. Who was okay. going to take over? Who was going to continue to grow the business? And he 1999. 1999. Wow. Okay. So he uh, he found the ESOP route, and he really liked it because it was a, a avenue that he could take to pass his success on to the employees that made him successful. Yeah. Very so, kind. That's great. Yes. How many employees does Emory Sap have? We are at 2,500. 2,500? Yes. Wow. Yep. I, th- I, th- I don't think a lot of people in Columbia realize how big Emory Sap is. I think they'll they'll be driving through St. Louis or Kansas City or Springfield and see an Emory Sap truck, and they'll, yeah. they'll say, oh, wow, that's Emory Sap out of Columbia. But uh, 2,500 employees. So kind of help me understand, get my head around that number when you sort of talk about the breadth and the depth of, of the company. What, what, are, we, what are we talking about? 
Uh, sure. If you don't mind, I'm going to do a, a quick history lesson yeah. on Emerson. Okay. How we how we really got here today. It's hard to. Yeah, we're at 2,500, but yeah. we've taken a heck of a road to get there. Yeah. Um. So this past year we celebrated our 50th anniversary. Yep. That's cool. So in, in 1972, Billy started with a backhoe, and he saw yeah. the need for a construction company that could do residential development. His dad was a home builder and developer, hmm. so he he took that and ran with it. Yeah. So uh, Billy was actually on the backhoe himself. Absolutely. Okay. Probably the best, probably to this day, one of the best backhoe operators around. Is that right? Okay. It. And so we're talking about Billy Sapp. Uh, uh, you have referred to him as Billy, but for our listeners, uh, Billy Sapp is uh, the founder of Emory Sapp, but also uh, maybe he's better known today as the developer of Old Hawthorne. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, he lived there on what used to be the, the Johnson Farm and uh, converted that into really one of Columbia's uh, most coveted neighborhoods. And so, um, so that's the Billy Sapp that we're talking about. Sure. And uh, okay, so go ahead and, and talk more about the history. So from there, uh, 1993, he acquired Forum Bridge, which took us from being that commercial construction company to being able to chase DOT work. Okay. So that expanded our capabilities from just grading and paving and utilities to bridge construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, we really became became a player in the DOT world. Yeah. Started doing a lot of work for MoDOT. Yeah. In 1999, as I mentioned, we became an ESOP. And then from there, we just springboarded. You want to talk about growth? The first 10 years of the 2000s, we expanded the Kansas City market. Yeah. We uh, acquired a company in Springfield, uh, grew into that market. Mm -hmm. And the past 12 years, we have acquired companies in Hannibal, Springdale, Arkansas, Branson, Missouri, uh, Monette, Missouri. Wow. And just recently, two companies out in Phoenix, Arizona that do very similar work that we do. Yeah. Um, So... Like I said, that ESOP was a springboard. We went from about 500 employee owners to 2,600 in the past 25 years. Wow. Is that so? Is, is the fact that you're an ESOP, when you're looking at acquiring other companies, is that something that's very appealing to the to the companies that are selling to you? Absolutely. You you uh, you meet a lot of owners that care deeply about their people, mm-hmm. and we, we can bring that to the table yeah. and say, look, we are people-based. That mm-hmm. is one of our, our our core value number one is our people. Yeah, and we can do that for your people. It it helps gets our it gets our foot in the door. Yeah, yeah. And so as an employee of Emory Sap, uh, uh, and I I thought this was something that was fairly recent, but to, if it started back in 1999 at the ESOP, I, I was mistaken. But uh, it's it's interesting. Are you as an employee able to? Um, monitor sort of your progress, uh, the the, uh, the way that you're accumulating uh, money yes. as, as, a, as an employee? Yeah, absolutely. So we are we are awarded our shares annually. Yep. And we have an annual evaluation that sets our share price for the year. Uh, individual uh, evaluations or uh, company-wide evaluation? Company-wide evaluation. Okay. Very so, good. Yep. Interesting. Uh, is it fairly complicated to, to figure out all that stuff? It can be. Yeah. Uh, we have some very smart people and uh, a trustee that takes care of our ESOP for us. Yeah. And it's in good hands, and our leadership's very focused yeah. on the success of our yeah. ESOP and for our people. Yeah. I know what I'm, I'm going back to. Uh, Jim Yankee, the, the owner of Flat Branch, the founder of Flat Branch Mortgage, uh, just a couple of years ago, had converted his company to an ESOP. And, and I, I guess I was confusing the two companies. But but uh, this is it's pretty fascinating that it's been going on now for over 20 years. Um, so when you look at, uh, I want to talk about just 
uh, unscripted here, a little bit about the headlines this week. Uh, sure. The governor uh, uh, announced during his State of the State speech um, earlier this week that um, he uh, wanted the legislature to set aside around $800 million to begin the process of making I-70 a three-lane uh, road all the way through the state of Missouri. Uh, so as someone who's in that industry, tell me a little bit about your thoughts and, and what, what comes to mind. Are you thinking about your ESOP when you hear the news like that? Absolutely. <laughs> Anytime we have the capability to go out and bid yeah. and win work, we'll, yeah. uh, we'll yeah. definitely go after it. So. Yeah. So is... Um, the 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 tricky word in there is we'll start the process uh 800 million um what do you i mean if you sort of knowing what you know about the numbers i mean it's, it's one mile of pavement is expensive very much you know so. what i mean and and so I, I think the average person would be very surprised especially to the standards that the federal government and and modot have for yes. uh constructing roadways and bridges um so any idea any any concept at all of what it would if, how many years it might take or how much money it might take to really go three lanes all the way across the state? I don't know if I could put a number on that one. Yeah. Uh, I would, I believe the number, if we were to take I-70 across Boone County, three lanes, is right around half a billion dollars, so half 500 million. Okay. So the 800 will go a long way. Yeah. But I think it yep. is imperative for us in this community to be pushing our lawmakers yeah to get that 800 million spent right here in Bucana. okay very good you've heard that here folks uh and that creates a lot of jobs in our community absolutely you know yeah. and so i would imagine jobs that big um you know while we all would love for columbia-based emory sap to have it uh it's a pretty competitive bidding process is that correct absolutely yeah. jobs of that size will bring national national players yeah you know, we saw that on Roachport, and yeah. you see it across the state. I mean, yeah. jobs of that size get the attention of a lot of people. Yeah, but you have the equipment here. You uh, can easily put up a concrete plant. Uh, you 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 know you have a distinct advantage being right here in the heart of the state. We'd hope so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, do you get extra points for that from from uh, the purchasing folks? Uh, depends on the bid method, but probably not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we got to spend our dollars wisely. Yeah. As, I as a taxpayer, I'd I, say. I get it. Um, so tell us about the 50 years. Did you do anything special to, to mark that milestone? We did. Uh, this, this last March, we got all of our employee owners together for our annual shareholders meeting. Mm -hmm. Uh, we took that up a notch. We actually incorporated a celebration with that yeah uh, so we had about 2,000 employee owners and their significant others wow. together for a concert we had john party come in wow we actually held it down in springdale arkansas oh we rented out a top golf yeah. facility put the concert out on the field oh really had one heck of a party oh a i fun bet night. and that held 2,000 people oh absolutely it was yeah. packed but yeah it was a lot of fun well that's pretty cool yep. that's that's neat um so that's a that's a great idea for you uh, business owners out there. To, that's a great way to to celebrate a milestone. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, sort of the dynamics of the workforce these days. Uh, you know, it's it's really you can't just hire anybody off the street. You need people that have some type of uh, vocational training uh, to come in and uh, take some of the jobs. But what what it has what has it been like in terms of recruitment and retention for a company like Emory Sap in the last few years? Uh, it has been an uphill battle, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, um, the workers just aren't there. A lot of the uh, tradesmen that have built not only Emory Sap and Sons, but much of the stuff you've seen here lately, mm -hmm. they're retiring. Yeah, it's um, an aging workforce. Yeah, and we're trying to do our part to 
inject the youth back into it yeah promote it at every level we go to high schools colleges trade schools mm-hmm. promoting the construction trades um, what are you telling these kids uh when they uh you know i'm sort of vaguely familiar and i think that a lot of people would be surprised to know that a lot of this heavy equipment is uh, uh now operated by joysticks because well, oh, yeah. these kids you know certainly know their way around joysticks uh, yeah. playing uh, video games but um what is uh what do you think is when you you sit down and talk to a um, a twenty one twenty two year old kid about a career? Uh, what's the one thing that a twenty one year old or twenty two year old gets excited about these days? I know they're not all the same. They're not all the same. Yeah, but is there a common factor that uh, are they surprised by the pay? I think they're surprised by the pay. I think uh, we try to promote that you can actually you can have a career in construction, a lifelong career at that. Yeah. Um, the technology we have has really helped with the the younger kids yeah you don't um, get as dirty as you used to get you don't there's some 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 parts of what we do is still dirty yeah um but if you're an operator you're in a cab heated, air conditioned heated an ac <laughs> i think uh, i jumped in one of our new machines it's got cooled seats just like your pickup does yeah they all have screens uh i mean it's it's high tech and it's pretty neat yeah so what uh, I noticed that when Lintech, and I can't, I don't know what their new name is, but uh, when Lintech advertises, that you always see people wearing Emerysap shirts in their commercials, and so there's a, there's a, a strong relationship with there. I know you've been working with the folks from Rankin as yeah. they're getting ready to open here in, in uh, uh, this coming year, uh, this year. Um, what what can a kid who graduates from uh, Lincoln or Lintech or Rankin? What kind of money can they make after a two-year or four-year degree? I'll be careful here, Fred. <laughs> I mean, the starting starting out, you're talking. I mean, we're we are in construction, so we're we're at mercy of the weather a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. how many hours they can work a year? But you're talking forty thousand plus. Yeah, that's you know? uh, that's got to be pretty attractive yeah. to some kids who probably did not have to go to college Correct. for that you know they can do a vocational school uh do you have to have even the vocational school education to to join emory sap no we recruit at high schools uh, okay we we need skilled laborers just as bad as we need operators yeah and we are focusing on apprenticeship programs within emory sap and sons uh some training programs and house yeah that if we find a kid that has the work ethic and the values that we share uh, we can create them. Yeah. You know, we can help build their career, develop them, show them a career path, and give them the skills they need to be successful. So I would imagine that the recruitment is still challenging, but the retention has got to get a little easier with this ESOP program. It, uh, there's some built in uh, uh, reward for staying with the company. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, and it becomes real money. Um, yeah. Those, those accounts grow every year as the company grows, plus what. Uh, what we're contributing every year to their accounts and i look at it as a frame of frame of reference of stages of life Mm -hmm. you know right now if you're 18 to 25 you're worried about beer money on friday right right to 25 to 35 you've got a family you're worrying about next month next Mm -hmm. year yeah and then as you reach 40 you're worried about retirement and we're trying to hit each each and every one of those points with the correct pay and then the retirement program as well. Yeah. Uh, 
So I, I would imagine there's there's quite a process that goes into reviewing those those compensation structures. We are visiting with Brian Burks, who is the vice president of Emory Sapp and Sons here in Columbia. Twenty five hundred employees company wide. Uh, that uh, was a shock to me to learn that just now. But uh, we're going to continue our talk with uh, Brian and, and learn a little bit more about some of the projects that are happening around Mid Missouri, around the state, uh, that all have that Emory Sapp's uh, sign on them. Uh, all of that is coming up next uh, on the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry. You're listening to ninety three. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with Brian Burks, vice president of uh, Columbia-based Emory Sapp & Sons. Tell us about some of the projects that uh, uh, you guys are working on right here in this area. Sure, Absolutely. Right now we uh, we are in the process of wrapping up and uh, really building some of the some new residential developments. Uh, two that we are wrapping up are the Brooks and yeah. Old Hawthorne North, yeah. which is Billy's expansion north of the club. That's off of Richland Road, correct? Yes. Yeah, yep. that's uh, those are big expansions. They are big. Yeah. Uh, I think between the two is almost four hundred lots. I think there are some county officials that would like for you all to improve Richland Road yes. uh, while you're out there. That is that is a big topic of discussion <laughs> yeah. right now. <laughs> so, um, okay, so two big housing developments, uh, and then uh, what else are you working on? Uh, so I got one more housing development. That's okay. it's it's new. It's ex- exciting because the area of town it's in. It's Legacy Farms down off Sinclair Road. Oh yeah, so that's going to be a big one. Yeah, uh, Rob Hill is doing that off of Sinclair Road. Yeah, um, and uh, how many total homes are you thinking out there? So this first. I believe is right around 220. Yeah, uh, in total is close to 500. Wow, it's got uh, some senior living that's going in with it, yep. and a couple commercial pad lots for some ancillary small business. Yeah, yeah, so. it's um, it's gonna be a pretty impressive development. Uh, that was land that had been owned by the university, actually by a family that donated the land to the university, and um, so um, that's turning into to really something. Um, when you look at uh, some of the other, so so residential construction, it has sort of, uh, sort of at the core of what you do, but yes. uh, you're also doing an awful lot of, of road and bridge work uh, around uh, the area. Tell us what else you're working on. So for road and bridge, right now we have we've wrapped up quite a bit what of what we have done this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actively bidding and especially here locally actively bidding and finding more work in that department yep uh we have a lot of site work a lot of commercial commercial is going to be very strong this year wow uh, that's surprising to me yeah. but that's uh, that's interesting so yeah there's a uh, i think there's some companies that are pretty flush with money uh hopefully and hopefully some of these developments yeah. continue can you give us any uh sneak peek of where you're looking at or is that all still confidential uh, we have a lot in the works but okay. i can't talk about that's it yet. fine i get it uh, completely we have a couple that are in progress and in nearing completion yeah one really cool project we've worked on the past year and a half is the italian meat plant up on route oh meat. yeah absolutely uh, one heck of a facility yeah i think they have uh swift foods is swift that foods, yeah, yes yeah, yeah. yeah. um it is an impressive facility. If you haven't driven by, you can't miss it when you drive up Route yeah. B. It's uh, really cool, really neat. Tell us kind of where it is. Uh, for you know, there's so many new things on Route B that some of our listeners who haven't been up Route B in the last couple of years, there's a there's a lot of new things up there, sure, uh, including Aurora Dairy and and um, a few other things. But where where is the uh, Swift Foods plant? So if you uh, if you get off 63 and you're heading north northeast on Route B, it is. Uh, just past where Como Smoke and Fire is, the old Steve-O's oh, gas station, yeah, yeah. Uh, before you get to the 3M plant. 
and uh, how i would describe it is if you have your windows down you smell the pot from across the street look right and you'll see the italian meat plant <laughs> it is a you very smell distinct smell out the there pot from across the, the street okay so there's some harvesting going on yeah. up, up there too okay very good uh, another project is the kitchen that the odels are doing down uh-huh. at discovery yeah yeah uh, that is i think that'll be cool for the community and that got delayed for a while but there's going to be ice out there right Uh, for ice skating yeah they're gonna have uh, ice skating in the winter pickleball courts i noticed that all the infrastructure was going in the last time i drove by a couple weeks ago uh so when will that be complete do you think Uh, i believe late summer okay end of this year yeah and then uh another one that i think will be really good for the community a fun entertainment venue mm-hmm. is the midway golf and games expansion yeah. with tim rost and his yeah. family and yeah. little dixie construction yeah very neat place um great people to work for yeah that thing should be wrapped up and and hopefully open here by the summer that's great you know it, it, that's a, a real positive step in the right direction because we, we don't talk enough about it um in columbia but uh you're coming to a luncheon this week actually uh over here that the magazine's hosting and we're, we're going to talk about quality of place and yep. and to have amenities like lake Sagat ashland and midway golfing games and and the kitchen that the oldest are doing i mean that really dramatically improves quality of life here in columbia and it makes people that are coming here because we have some phenomenal startup companies uh, operating here staying in columbia you know there's a big push to try to get these guys out to the west coast or the east coast but they're staying here in columbia and i think that we have to work hard as a community to look more attractive to uh people that are thinking about moving their family uh to columbia missouri and so those those three um projects really are going to do a lot in that direction yeah so that's, absolutely that's, that's pretty cool um any other projects yeah uh like i said we're we're statewide region wide mm-hmm. um some big ones that emory sap and sons have has going on in the state of missouri and surrounding two really come out stick out to mind uh the us 69 express project okay now tell Kansas us city okay us 69 so uh, is that uh what did that used to be called was that, was that something before us 69 or is it uh has it always been 69 i think it's always been 69 okay it's on and what, west, west side of kansas city west side okay um, it is a one of the largest design builds we've ever been a part of if not the largest and where does it where does it run through i mean t- from what town to what town any say overland park area oh okay so i i could be wrong on that one i know okay. i uh I don't get to focus too much on that. I focus here in Columbia. Yeah, I, yeah. I hear a lot of words about it. So yeah, it's a it's an awesome project. Multiple bridges, multiple paving. Yeah, uh, and they recapped that complete rework of four thirty five and I seventy yes. also. And yeah. so, uh, as someone that grew up in that area, it, it's I'm still missing my turn uh to go to get on four thirty five. But uh, I don't pay very close attention, <laughs> I guess. But um, that that was a major major project so this yes, uh one at 69 is maybe bigger or is it about the same it is definitely larger oh really yeah, it's okay. uh it's a little over 500 million dollar project wow three years um probably the the single largest project we've been a part of yet yeah and as a uh, company as a company okay which uh helps push our growth we're going to develop a lot of people and yeah and uh what what would happen 10 years ago if you bid on that project was there somebody uh, was there another company that was maybe uh, out of some other part of the country that was more experienced with those types of projects? I mean, or is that is that something that has evolved? Uh, what would you have been turned away from a project like that ten years ago? I would say we wouldn't have had the confidence to do so. Okay, um, our second largest project that we've done 
was in 2013. We did a $130 million bypass of Lawrence, Kansas. Okay. So being a Columbia guy. <laughs> Anything you can do to bypass Lawrence, Kansas. Get, yeah. get us through there as fast <laughs> as we can. Speaking so. of smells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, with that, I mean, as you grow, you, uh, the size of your projects that you get more comfortable doing with. And this one, this one was a, a big one for us. We mm-hmm. took on a, a partner in Ames Construction out of Minnesota. They've been a great partner. Yeah. Uh, we're leaning on each other's expertise to get yeah. this thing done. This is this is an average project for them, but a large project for us. And yeah. they've been a great partner so wow. far. Wow. Very good. That's great. Anything else on the list? Well, I'm interested in everything you have. Sure. Um, another one that... Uh, has made the headlines is the Panasonic battery plant over in Kansas. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, it's just outside of Lenexa, Kansas. It's probably one of the single largest private projects yeah. that we've had in the Midwest here in yeah. a while. Um, so that's uh, there's some unique requirements for that type of facility. Uh, yes. Can you elaborate on any of that? I can't really. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, this, we're, we're uh you're sort of playing with fire i mean this is really a big uh uh there are some very um unique things that happen when you're when you're trying to contain that much energy yeah uh and so forth but uh so you're doing primarily the infrastructure work there we are we okay. right now are doing all the grading work uh very fast schedule yeah we have we're running three shifts a day so night and day, yeah. around the clock. Um, so Emerysap is not building buildings. You're basically putting in the infrastructure and the roads that lead to that building site, correct? Correct. We do all the groundwork. So okay. everything from here in town, I take a site that's covered in trees, mm-hmm. clear the trees that we need to. Save I, wouldn't the ones say, that, I guess you can say that on this radio station. but <laughs> Save the ones that need to be saved. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Do the excavation and grading, get site level, yeah, and then do all the utilities and pavements, yeah. So we can take it from road to front step, yeah. Very good. Well, it's um, uh, it's, it's impressive the process that you guys are uh, are going through. Um, when you look at sort of <clears throat> the current condition or the state of infrastructure in the state of Missouri, um, what stands out to you? I mean, I, I think that. Uh, I think everybody agrees that I seventy has been a challenge for a long time. Yeah. Um, but you know, how would you rate the overall? I mean, are, have we been able to keep up with the wear and tear on the major infrastructure in the state? No, I, Missouri's got. I think MoDOT maintains one of the biggest roadway systems in the country. Yeah. As far as states go, and we really need a funding source. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting um, some infrastructure money from the federal government, some surplus money that we talked about Governor Parsons having. Mm-hmm. But we really need to find a way to source it here locally. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's it's the projects. MoDOT's doing the best of what they can with, yeah. the, with the funds they have. Yeah. Um, they're fighting an uphill battle of a aging system and not have enough money to upgrade. Right now, we're, a lot of it's just some really needed repairs and band-aids they're putting out the hottest fires as they can so the governor in the state of state talked about allocating roughly 800 million dollars to to get started on on making i-73 lanes but you hear politicians talking about how the state of missouri has an eight billion dollar surplus right now um just based on your experience in in following these things what's the likelihood that that uh uh that eight billion dollars might go towards something like infrastructure uh, after his address this past week, I hope it's uh, 
I hope it's better than what it was beforehand. Yeah. I still think we have an uphill battle with the legislators mm-hmm. down in Jeff City. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the southern side of the state, they won I-44. Yep. Um, so it's a battle, really, yeah. between I-70 and I-44. Yeah, but I-44 doesn't have near the traffic that I-70 has, does no. it? Yeah. Uh, it's busy, but yeah. I think... And it's in it's pretty in, good shape it's in I mean, compared shape to I-70. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. You know, one of the dangers that you have is, um, and I think we have seen that locally here in Columbia and Boone County with the uh, American Rescue Plan dollars, is that what there's a, you know, politicians like to please people. Yes. And so there's a tendency to divide up that money among a hundred different you know, not for profits. And, and, but really what we're looking at, both with the American Rescue Plan dollars and with the surplus that the state has, is that this really has the potential to be transformational money. I mean, if you're going to change lives for generations, if you're going to change infrastructure for generations, this is really the time to do it because there's never been so much free money. Uh, laying around and and you know there's a lots of of uh, uh, downsides of all this money that's floating around now about but yep. but if it's going to be spent you know there ought to be at least some pressure on the legislature to to do things and on the county commission on and on the city council yep. to do things that are transformational yeah we need you know? to, we need to make an impact with it yeah you know um, one of the ways that I foresee you know we have upcoming at least on i seventy we we are getting the i seventy and sixty three connector project. Mm-hmm. Um, it is coming to fruition, hopefully very soon. Yeah, you know, you say we are getting it as a community. We're getting yes. it, not necessarily yes. Emory Sound. I, I can't yeah. count the chickens before the eggs. Right. So, and what does that look like for? Is that a flyover ramp uh, for uh, northbound sixty three to eastbound seventy? What What does that project look like? So everything I've seen is yes, the flyover from northbound to was it? Yeah, northbound to westbound to east westbound or eastbound? I believe westbound. Okay, really, and okay. then. Uh, you know, redoing the connector. I think there's another flyover in that. Oh, okay, uh, good. But De- you're talk- definitely needed. Yeah, you're talking about squeezing a lot of stuff and a yeah. little bit of real estate right there. Yeah. But I think the I that's think, 180 million. I think yeah, I think Modot's right around 180. Yeah. Um, if you really wanted to make an impact, if we got some extra money, let's fix it right. Um, yeah. You know what? What more could we do? We could probably maybe if we had the funding where we could get the right away do some more flyovers um, yeah. we have one shot at fixing it yeah as a community yeah um let's fix it right yeah so it's a mess any any additional funds for that one and like i said it, it's a it's a big in, yeah. big and, investment but uh to get i-70 through boone county would be huge and you know the connector has been wrong since day one have we have we learned any lessons <laughs> i feel like last time we worked on it it was just a it was a temporary patch and yeah that was 20 years ago or yeah. more that's the voice of Brian Burks. Uh, he is the vice president of a Columbia-based Emory Sapp & Sons. 2,500 employees uh, company-wide. Uh, we've been talking about some of the local projects. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about the Emory Sapp Foundation, a few of the things that we want to uh, tell you about the company, and and uh, spend a few minutes talking about growth and progress here in mid-Missouri. All of that and more is coming up on the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry. You're listening to 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, your host. Uh, We are visiting with Brian Burks, uh, Vice President for Emory Sapp & Sons. 
Uh, Emery Sapp and Sons uh, uh, experienced a, a big loss this week uh, with the, with the passing of Pete Grathwall, and uh, Pete certainly had a, of course, a Columbia boy. A lot of people knew the Grathwall family, yeah. and and uh, uh, his sister Sharon Harl and and Peggy Kirkpatrick. But it's really uh, Pete was a big part of the company's growth. Tell us a little yes. bit about um, about Pete and and his role with the company. So Pete started with Billy about forty six years ago. 46 years yeah. ago he was okay. a he was a school teacher worked on the concrete crews in the summertime for billy and uh worked his way up he was one of the founding board members when we went esop yeah and uh he still up to two weeks ago was still coming in almost wow. every day it's amazing and uh of course was uh, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and there's yes. really no good news that comes no. with that kind of diagnosis no, and, and huge, so huge loss he he left uh impression on everybody yeah everyone that he was surrounded by yeah um just an absolute great man yeah um wonderful family his son ryan works with us yeah and uh it was a huge loss to i i will say the community and yeah. every sap and sons yeah and really uh someone that you were very close to passed away a couple years ago was on this program uh, two years ago justin gay yeah uh, that was another big loss yeah just, uh, for the for the company as well yeah justin uh he uh that was a close one to me he mm-hmm. hired me i uh interned underneath him worked for him for 10 years and mm-hmm. now i have uh, uh taken on some of his responsibilities and we uh we look back and and laugh about some of the memories we had with him. He was a big guy and yeah. a, a huge personality, probably yep. bigger than yours. Oh, I'd say he was, he was phenomenal. Just good person. Yeah. Just great guy. So, well, uh, so I'm, we're sorry for those losses and that's, yep. uh, that certainly uh, has an impact on, on the company, but you know, the culture is, is pretty strong. Yeah. It sounds like at Emory Sapp. Absolutely. People take a lot of pride in what they're doing. One, one of the things that's sort of an extension of that culture was this desire to give back to the communities that you serve. And, and, uh, this Emory Sapp foundation, t- tell me a little about that what what types of things are they doing sure so we started the ess foundation back in 2018 mm-hmm. um you know we're currently facing a workforce shortage we saw that coming back then um we have a great foothold in the construction market especially here in the midwest mm-hmm. so we felt the need uh to create a foundation to promote careers in construction uh, we provide opportunities through education mentorship and training programs uh we've been able to contribute to community development projects you know whether that be with cps mm-hmm. uh, we have a strong partnership with columbia public schools mm-hmm. here state tech as you mentioned earlier Rankin, yep. Yep. Um, a lot of the tech schools and the regions we serve and through that foundation we've been able to give thousands of dollars annually to kids looking to get into construction yeah now where does the money come from for the foundation so, all through fundraising that we do we hold uh a large golf tournament every year mm, okay. we um this year we're actually holding a bass fishing tournament mm. down at table rock lake yeah that'll be fun so we found different ways that you know we target our community partners mm-hmm. but also our industry partners and yeah. our clients and those that we work with other construction companies we're, we're all fighting the same battle of yeah. workforce so how can we all work together to do so yeah so everyone likes to play golf a lot of people in construction like to fish yeah we we found that we put on a great time tons of fun and raise a lot of money and yeah. hopefully help help our industry well you know it's really um for years in this community uh we sort of really turned our noses up at vocational education i yeah. think that uh 
there were a lot of people in the public school system who, even though Columbia has had a very strong program, you know, a vocational education program for years at their career center, but uh, there were a lot of teachers, I think, who sort of felt like they were failing if they didn't send their kids off to a four-year college, if their kids didn't want to pursue uh, a, a traditional four-year education. But, you know, the truth of the matter is that these, these kids that are now, they, they know pretty early on, some of them as early as fifth grade, that they really have no desire to ever go to college. Sure. And so, um, and so you really start to sort of change the trajectory of these people's lives because they're focused now. Okay. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go get a two year education. I'm going to do everything I can in high school and uh, get a two year education. And, and then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make 40 or $50,000 starting off. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. plus I, I get a piece of the action. You yeah. know what I mean? If I go work for Emory Sap. And so, um, tell us a little about those. Uh, it's interesting that Rankin is introducing a program here in mid Missouri that, that starts targeting kids in the fifth grade and starts talking about these alternative careers. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me a little bit about if, if uh, there's a parent out there listening uh, who has a high schooler or uh, even a younger kid uh, that sounds like, well, you know, from from the looks of things, this kid's probably not going to want to go to college. Uh, what should they be doing right now to prepare themselves for a, a career with a company like Emory Sap? Sure. I think, you know, when I'm looking and we look for those in the trades, I look for, at kids that have the work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you uh, if you can show up to the interview on time is one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of broke down cars on the first day of work. <laughs> you know, it's funny how that happens. It's, it's quite the coincidence. Yeah, but it's my mom's but, fault. Yeah. So <laughs> if if you can overcome that, yeah. you know, those those kids, those people are out there. Um, I look at it, you know, I think everyone in construction likes building things. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at, I've got a four year old. He loves building. Yep. I mean, he's, he's me at four years old. Yeah. I mean, works with his hands, builds everything he can, loves toys, loves playing outside. Yeah. You give him a shovel, a plastic shovel, and he'll figure out how to dig a hole in our yeah. hard packed clay backyard. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, if you have a kid that, likes working with his hands enjoys being outside they can make a career in construction yeah and whether that's what we do in the civil market run machines and and laying pipe or if if they like to build things and want to be a carpenter i mean i'm a, I'm a proponent of just getting people to work in construction because yeah. it's an industry-wide yeah. project problem and while you majored in engineering at Mizzou. How much yes. of that degree are you using these days? Very little. It, it, uh, it taught <laughs> and me you've how, done very well with the company. It taught me how to build a spreadsheet and run a calculator. So, I mean, it, it, it gave a basis. But, yeah. I mean, you we we were talking about that the other day at work on, you know, what's more valuable, the experience of in the field or, or career. Both of them have, there's, I mean, the, both of them are great. Yeah. But the experience and knowledge that you can gain in a career is tenfold. Yeah. I'm looking at your jacket. It's got a Mineola Hill uh, I-70 design build. And so uh, that obviously was a design build project for Emory Sapp and yes. Sons. Yep. Um, wow. What an improvement that is. That has been great. And I, yeah. what, what was the total cost of that project? Uh, $12 million. Yeah. Only. So. I would guess that has saved lives. Absolutely. Um, the frustration, This is, we're talking about heading eastbound. Yep. Uh, there's a famous rock right there yes. that's, uh, I don't know if that's uh, folklore or legend about what that rock was used for in the in the old days, but, uh, but uh, you've added a third lane to get around the 
trucks, yes. the semis, yep. the 18-wheelers that are having a tough time getting up that hill. And, you know, you would see people do some crazy things to get around those trucks uh, back in the day. Uh, now, uh, it's just not an issue. No, um, it has helped tremendously. Yeah. You know, I, I have family in St. Louis, so I travel that way often. And, and uh, the bottlenecks that used to be there aren't yeah. there anymore. Yeah. You know, you can get over in that third lane, and it's yeah. usually empty. Yep. So... And then the third lane uh, uh, headed westbound, uh, yep. very so, close to that area as well. You know that uh, was that all the same project? Yes. Yep. Wow, that was only twelve million bucks. Yep. Okay. So we did uh, we did one bridge and then both climbing lanes. Yeah. On that. Yeah. Very good. That's uh, uh, pretty fascinating. What a difference uh, one improvement like that can make uh, in the travel experience. So let, let's talk for a couple of minutes here about just sort of the future of Columbia. You know. Uh, you see a lot of opposition uh, to well, you heard a lot of opposition uh, from both government officials and from citizens uh, about the two new subdivisions that were being built out off of Richland Road. Um, there's a couple more slated for that area. I've, I've noticed uh, driving through there. But um, what's what is uh, sort of tell me, give me your opinion based on the, on what you do for a living, the fact that you grew up here. Um, how do you see Columbia's growth and and what do we need to be doing differently? Sure. I think we have great potential for growth. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the institutions, you know, that have really helped Columbia get to where it's at, yep. you, whether it be educational or healthcare. Um, but you've really seen the startups. You know, we have companies just like Emory Sapp and Sons that are yep. regional and national players in the business community. Yep. Um, we mentioned earlier the startups. You know, how do you, we need to find a way to retain our local talent mm-hmm. whether it's kids like me that grew up here and yep. we want to stay here yep. or kids that come to uni- university of missouri or columbia college or stevens how do we keep them here once they get here and that's getting those organizations and having their workforce and i think that's our biggest challenge is making sure we have a local workforce yeah but with that is cost of living mm-hmm. you know Columbia's busting at it seems yep you know every Every development seems to be getting more challenging and challenging, which is money. From a regulation standpoint. Yeah, regulations yeah. Yeah. takes more time. Yeah. You know, getting it through the city and county processes, yeah. um, that all gets passed on to the end user. We've seen it in housing prices over the past yeah. couple of years. That's right. So It does get passed on to yeah. the end user. And it, I, I think there's a mentality out there, this sort of anti-growth mentality that, you know, Columbia is big enough. Let's let's build a fence around it and and uh, shut it down. But, you know, a community and this makes people mad when I say this, but a community either grows or it dies. Absolutely. And you see that in Mexico. You see it in Fulton. You see it in Fayette. You see it in all these. You see it in Jeff City, which is, is shrinking. And so, you know, um, I, I think what what the air is, is that. You know, with this growth and with this prosperity comes an enhanced quality of life. Absolutely. And if, if you're a big fan of the parks or a big fan of the trails, that's how that gets paid for. Yep. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If you're a big fan of culture, if you like a big covered farmer's market, that's how that gets paid for. And so, you know, I just I unfortunately, our our local governments are dominated by people who really don't have a very positive attitude about growth. And and so, you know, I'm not sure how we're going to change that, but it's, but uh, there are some very positive um, residual benefits that come from a city that is healthy and uh, prosperous. And so, um, anyway, it's, it's going to be tough to maintain that if we don't stop and, and really change the way we, we, we think. Um, What, what do you think is the, the, the biggest thing about, um, 
Emory Sapp that probably surprises people when you talk to them, whether it's a new kid coming to interview or, or someone that, that's been in the community forever? What What's the thing that surprises them most about, about the company? I think our sheer size. Yeah. Um, just like you said earlier, 2,500 employees is wow. Um, I, I pride me being here in the local market that you see us on every corner. Yeah. You know, our, our blue logo stands out on our white pickup trucks and yeah. our yellow equipment. Mm-hmm. But uh, when people drive across the straight, the the state, or, you know, visit Arkansas, now they Phoenix. see us down there, and now Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it's it's wow. Yeah. It's wowing, really. Yeah. Very good. Uh, quick uh, uh, 10 seconds of advice for a kid that uh, wants to get a job at Emory Sap. What should they do? Work hard and show up, and we'll put you to work. Okay. That's pretty simple. Uh, <laughs> yep. It sounds simple, doesn't it? But yep. it's uh, our Brian Burks, we appreciate you taking time out to uh, bring us up to date on Emory Sap & Sons. Pretty impressive growth and, and a, a great corporate citizen that gives back to the community. So uh, thank you on behalf of Columbia and Boone County for, for the work that Emory Sap does here in, in this area. So appreciate having you on, folks. So we'll be back next weekend with another edition of the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry, and you've been listening to 93.9. My city was a threat to the rest. This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it.